Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers. I am joined once again by Michael Daniels, and we have our buddy Geek Scholar Fox with us again. Hey, Geek Scholar Fox. What's up, man? It's an absolute honor to be here with the two of you yet again. Thank you so much for inviting me back on. You know, I'm pretty secure in my nerddom and geekdom, but to have your first name legally changed to Geek Scholar Fox is pretty pretty amazing. What was weird is the 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 argument I had to make in front of the judge who really yeah. wanted to understand if I was trying to run away from some crime I had committed yeah. in another country. But yeah, he was cool with it. I mean that 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 might say even more impressive that he's like, yeah. You're a fucking geek. Yeah. Well, it was Bloomington where I had to go before the judge. So they're very lax. uh, He did the Patton Oswalt filibuster monologue from Parks and Rec. And he was like, in, yes, the judge is like, his alternate version of. of Yeah, I had to prove my geekdom. Yes, to legally get it changed. Well, you've got got an impressive resume with the the geekdom. So it's a. pretty rock solid. You got the got the movies and the and the board games and the everything else in the world, right? For comic books, all those geek creds to, to have your first name. What is um your opinion? I'm, I'm jumping right into some stuff here because we got a lot to go over today. What is your opinion of zombies and superheroes, Fox? My opinion of zombies and superheroes is that they should always cross paths in any medium they absolutely can. Whether well, you're lucky. Written- this week it happened on TV. You don't say. I don't say. So we're talking about uh, this week's Marvel's What If on uh, Disney Disney Plus. Yep. Um, and it was spoiler alert. I guess we kind of did that already, but it's in it's in the picture. Uh, Marvel Zombies comes to. Uh, the what if universe it yeah. this was a comic book that ran uh, a couple years ago i think made less than 10 years like ago a one-off or a whole series i don't know do you know fox if it was a full series that marvel zombies yeah it was a line they ran um it, what it was a it was a combination of it wasn't categorized i believe as what if but there was a marvel zombies run that marvel comics did that explored the idea like what if there was a yeah. zombie virus that infected the Marvel universe? How would the, you know, uh, heroes respond? Who would survive? Who is most likely to combat it and succumb to that problem? Wow, you know, the, it was big. I know people who zombies a weird thing. Like people are either like super fans or they don't care. Sure. Right. Sure. Like I think zombie fans love zombie stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, so the you know. Everyone that saw that in superheroes bought a copy it went, before. It went through a wave of popularity kind of around the same time as the the vampire thing, but maybe yeah. a little bit after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Walking even Dead kind of helped it. Yeah, Walking, Walking Dead kind of helped and may, maybe not killed, but in as much as <laughs> something like that can go out of the cultural milieu. Yeah, they, they didn't stab it in the brain. Right, right. Yeah. They didn't sever the head. Yeah, because we had we had like World War Z and uh, mm-hmm. Last Man Standing, or not Last Man Standing, but uh, what's the one with Will Smith? Oh, I am Legend. But, yeah, I am Legend. I am, I am yeah. Legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all all that stuff hit at the same time. Well, um, anyway, uh, so we're gonna talk spoilers. If there's anything here about this, guys. So skip over if we're not gonna do this one. Uh, did you read real quick on that comic book topic? Did you read it, Fox? Did you read that series at all? Like, I did not. I did. Say, Okay, so you yeah, know, it's you know, been, you a, it's been a long time. 
Yes, you can compare can. a little bit. Okay, what, how yes. does it compare to the comic book? Like, well, it's the got comic. the same the same basic DNA um, in the idea that it is the virus is brought into the Marvel's universe in through uh, an unusual path. It's not the same as in the What If series, which mm. it comes from Janet Van Dyne, who is rescued from the quantum realm, and I think it's called yeah. a quantum yeah. virus at that point. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the same basic idea is there. It's like, you know, what if there was a zombie virus strain that infected all these heroes? How would they react? So I don't know if there's much more beyond that. The, uh, the, the comics are really entertaining. Deep, right? It doesn't have yeah. to be deep, right? Yeah. Not the same characters who are the heroes and focal points. I think they've definitely shifted that to put the light on those of the individuals we know from the MCU. From the MCU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's why you get Spider-Man uh, and, you know, characters from Wakanda and things like that, because they are yeah. way more popular and, you know, yeah. known than the people who were involved in the Marvel zombies line. The, I will say that, um, it's not this is the case I think with general with all zombie movies. It's not about really about the zombies even, right? It's all zombie things are mainly about the humans that are sure living or surviving or trying to escape from it. Well, unless that. unless you mean the CW series I Zombie. Unless unless you watch that one. That's, which was which was all about the protagonist was a zombie. Was a zombie, right. Yeah. So so that's what this one was, right? It's expl- it's same thing on this what if it's exploring it's you've got your group, which is Janet and you said Peter. Later on it's Ant Man. Uh, so that's a spoiler, and or Ant Man's head. I, I I'll say this: I was I was mixed. Here's my thing: I don't know what to think about this episode because it seems to like have sit square in horror. It's going to be scary, but it, I being every two minutes, I kept feeling like, oh yeah, but the, I know little kids are watching this, so we're going to just make really crazy jokes and make funny and and fall over ourselves. And like, it was so weird that there was so much slapstick kind of jokey jokes, and then. Because they did the whole Peter Parker thing, you know, where he's making a movie type stuff again. I'm like, this feels which so is very reminiscent, reminiscent of Zombieland, right? I mean, you had that with Jesse yeah, Eisenberg, sure. who did the rules how to survive right, the sure. zombie apocalypse, and I, I thought that was a funny bit. But I'm with you, Michael, in that you know it seemed to oscillate really heavily between like we're trying to be a little scary with our animation, and now we have to be funny. Now we'll be scary. You know, I'd be curious to hear what yeah. Dennis thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that all, that all rings true for me. I'll, I'll say, uh, uh, you know, cards on the table. We, Michael and I watched, uh, we caught up on all three of our shows. This, uh, what if, um, Star Trek Lower Decks and, um, Ted Lasso all yesterday, Sunday afternoon. Um, what if was the third show that we watched and it was kind of late Sunday Sunday afternoon. And it was, but uh, I was. We ended up watching four hours of movies after that. <laughs> I was the I was the stereotypical dad or grandpa watching football on a Sunday afternoon. My eyes kept closing. Yeah, trying to uh... trying to watch this. It was it was not holding my attention. I get it. I'm I'm there with you. I'm not. And it wasn't. It, it's but... that's that's not really a a knock on the episode. It just I was tired. I had oh, a long day, yeah. and just what what was happening on the screen was just not. Not hold. I mean, I was trying to stay awake. It wasn't like I was bored. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had that. I had that struggle. The premise of it seems interesting to me. This idea of like, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, you take the basic. That's part of what um, 
uh, appealed to me about iZombie is that you take some of the basic building blocks of the of the zombie, uh, you know, genre or or trope. I guess uh, genre is the right word, and like change one little thing about it. Yeah. Um, in iZombie, it was you know that she can stay conscious as long as she uh, keeps eating brains, but then gets visions of the person whose brain she's well, eating. She uses also those to apocalyptic, right? It's it wasn't postal back to yeah. right. The, um, the zombie, uh, outbreak was not publicized. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, so it became, it was very much like a, a more traditional superhero, um, like Spider-Man yeah. or some of the, some of the superhero TV shows. Like I've said that before on the show, like one of the, what I think of unique things about the MCU is that the, the heroes are all out as it were like everybody knows who they are and they don't really mm-hmm. address it you don't see them you know walking down the street for the most part yeah um where you know i zombie was very much like she has this thing and she has to keep it a secret right right that can maintain tension in a in a dramatic series for a long time um and of course in this um what if episode and i assume this is a case for the comic run as well um, you have zombies that have superpowers. Yeah, that's that's right. I was going to say that's the hook there, right? Is yeah. I was like, well, right. I didn't know it because I didn't watch Marvel zombie or read the comic book. But as soon as they had their powers, I was like, well, this is this is confusing. Like Iron Man knows zombie Iron Man knows how to use his Iron Man suit. Right, right. I, okay, that's that's so confusing. But you just got to look over that. I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's not not that big. Yeah, you're not supposed to think about it too hard. Like the the characters that have natural powers, like that makes a little more sense. Like Thor. And yeah, uh, Hulk, I guess to an extent. Right. Um, but the ones that are like a little Wanda, more Wanda is like scientific. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the ones that are more um, the ones that are more thought based or technology based, like Iron Man, and maybe the the wizards. They uh, yeah, like guards. Like, and... Do they like if they're like a zombie is supposed to be brainless yeah right? like mindless yeah i mean not always i just but dr went, strange was casting the portals yeah it was making the little swirly portals and all that yeah stuff. it that, that's funny though confused. yeah yeah right. it, it was just i don't know if this one did it for i i have a feeling the comic book would have been better for me i think maybe it was this just tried to get so jokey sure and then i like the word oscillate you said that it's just... well and especially i think after last week's episode which was the Doctor Strange? Yeah, um, that was a better scary one. Changing the past, kind of was much much heavier than. I mean, this yeah. was almost like comic relief after. Yeah. If I may, I mean, I wasn't on the last last episode of this show. I don't know why I wasn't asked every week, but <laughs> I would just say I wasn't on last week. Um, and you may have missed that. But um, thank you to all my fans who've written in who said I should be a regular. Um, but no, I will, to that point, Dennis, you know, you know about Scary, I had a little one who, you know, he's nine. He watched that Doctor Strange episode and he was appropriately terrified that there yeah. wasn't a happy ending. He yeah. was like, wow, I can't believe the good guys didn't win. You know, the good, yeah. the good Doctor Strange didn't prevail. And I gave I gave Marvel's What If a lot of credit there because it's mm-hmm. so rare that we get the to do it. It's such an easy win, and yeah. we don't do it often enough um, in any of the shows, as as Michael would say. Yeah. And so I was a real fan of that, and it seemed like 
I wondered if they were going to do it here as well. It would have been hard to do mm. two back-to-back where, you know, i got to be honest with you, the odds seem rather stacked against yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They, as they, I watched they this. Win, did, they? did they win? I don't think they won. Uh, no, nah, I mean, no. I mean, They got away. Ex- yeah, they got away, and you end with Thanos, zombie Thanos, uh, zombie snapping Thanos, his fingers. That's right. Yeah. Um, that's how it ends, but but it wasn't nearly the the dooming glue as the universe ending yeah. with dark, you know, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Now I now I'm wondering what the like. I don't remember the first one, but I know the um the Captain T- America one. T'Challa as Star Lord. Star Lord is is the best. It has has an off screen bad ending. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we mentioned these last right. two. I wonder what the what the record now is if any of them have happy endings because it's sort of sort of the framework. And well, the it, idea is that our universe is the best. That's the successful right. one. That's the one in fourteen million. Right, it's the one in fourteen million. Well said. It makes, well said. It makes yeah. me think. So that idea of um, the not sad ending, but the not happy ending, where you mm. just kill characters off or do whatever. I think that is the appeal of anthology series like um, Twilight Zone, right? Because Twilight Zone or is Black is, Mirror, yeah, or Black Mirror. Yeah. Um, I mean, Twilight Zone was on what in the '60s? I think so. Um, in a time where, as far as I know, all television was like static, right? The characters didn't even progress or or change, right? Like you have Captain Kirk go through the events of city on the edge of forever and have his heart broken. And next week he's got to be back to normal. Right. Um, episodic. Yeah. Every, every episodic you know, like, between versus serial. Right. You're, yeah. you're telling a standalone story in each episode, but nothing can change because you've got to have all right. the familiar characters every week. And then twilight zone came in and was like, no, we're going to tell a different story yeah. Every week with different characters, we're going to introduce them all. It's very short form storytelling, but then has the freedom to be like, well, here's this guy. And he went a little crazy, didn't he? <laughs> right. It's just like some weird, like right. thoughtful or thought provoking kind of sometimes very dark ending. And it's just so different from everything else being made. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the, uh, the first, what if was positive. I think Peggy, it was the Peggy, um, Captain America, Peggy Carter. Right. Um, I remember that. I just don't remember how it I, I, I don't either, but I think it was positive. I think it was like she still won and uh, Steve was still alive. Well, we would argue, too, that T'Challa was, T'Challa's episode was very positive. Sure. He, yeah. he ended up, you know, echoing out this huge blast of good that ended up, you know, right. influencing Thanos to not snap right. the universe. Right. It was, that yeah. was... Yeah, that was the, great. The only reason I bring up that episode is because the it has a dark ending, but it's all off screen, right? They sure. just tease that there's nobody to stop ego, right? No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I I think you're projecting that a little because I think T'Challa <laughs> comes down to earth right after that and punches ego in the face. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I I uh, I am a guy that doesn't like bad endings. Like I right. I I've said that. Dennis knows. I, I, they always thumbs down all those things. But my favorite is the Doctor Strange one. Like I, I liked that it was had a moral st- story to it. It, you it know, swung the, for the fences, which I loved. 
Yeah, it, it, it had uh, the good Doctor Strange versus the bad Doctor Strange. And then when the bad Doctor Strange won, you realized that, like, oh, you need to be good. It almost felt like you should be good. Because if you're not good, this is what will happen. You know, if, well, if you go, Michael, you better good. be good for goodness sake. For goodness know? sake. It is coming up on Christmas. So, you know, I have to, I have, to have my thing. <laughs> like, All right. What, what, how many more months, of these do months. we have? Like, how many more what ifs? Do we have any more? Are there like eight? There are okay. eight. Yes. I, I don't. I, these are the only ones that I knew that they had. Like, I knew there was a Doctor Strange one, I knew there was a Peggy Carter one, I knew there was a T'Challa one, and a zombie one. But I don't know what even they had left. So that's. I don't necessarily want to know. They've, just, um, f- according to what I know, they've hidden the premises of the last three. Oh, good. Well, good. That's great. You know, it's I, meant to be. Nobody knows. So. Yeah, that's good. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift a little bit here. Uh, we watched at a drive-in uh, Shang Chi this weekend, Dennis. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Isn't it easier to say his name now that you watch the show? It sounds stupid, but that's true. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I tried to say it that many times <laughs> and didn't. I had I had audio issues. If, if anyone is familiar with the experience of a drive-in, I don't know if they're all this way, but the two that I've been to. Uh, broadcast the movie audio over uh, the radio signal, like local radio. So you tune the radio tuner in your car to this frequency and you get the audio for the movie. Well, we had trouble um, with like car batteries and shutting off. We should say, because people who are driving people, this is kind of for you and this thing, is that how it is, is that there are like speakers on poles at every car. I've never seen that. Yeah, that's that's, that's how it, that's, that's how, how it, my dad describes it. Yes. How it used to be. <laughs> yes, and, and I've always seen it with the radio. Yeah, and they uh, had it here system. up until about five or six, maybe seven years ago. Okay, um, but they just get old and yeah, wear down. They're out in the weather and they yeah. and they wear out. Uh, so anyway, we don't have that. So the idea is, you sit in your car no and you speakers. listen to your car radio. But we were not in the cars. We were out in in chairs in the in the grass, and we don't have old. Mm. Um, you know, cars that will just run the radio until the battery dies. They're smarter than that now with computers and, <laughs> and chips and go, yeah. okay, you've had the radio on for 20 minutes. You're going to run your battery dead. We're going to shut it off. Yeah. That's happened <laughs> the whole time. Anyway, uh, the, the upshot of that for, for this particular movie was that a lot of it was in Mandarin with subtitles. And so I could read those <laughs> subtitles if I had trouble hearing. Yeah. There were parts of, uh, the movie that were in English, very quiet mm-hmm. and important parts. Those were basically lost to me because I could yeah. not where I was sitting. I just just could not hear. Yeah. One in particular. We're spoiling Shang-Chi here, guys. Uh, there's the spoiler bell. Uh, in particular, Foxy, you know, which scene that was important that he missed, which when he confesses that he actually killed the guy on his mission. And there, he's sitting there in the dark, Maybe. and we're in a we're in a drive-in, so it's dark on dark on dark, uh, and you can't see the, the screen very well because it's so it's so far away and it's yeah, dark. The whole yeah. the whole um, bamboo scaffolding fight was just a blur. It was just shapes in the dark. Ah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah, so yeah. good. Right. So so, but that being said, you still liked it, right? Like I did. So um, I went through a sort of interesting. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not that interesting, but um, our buddy Pat had kind of a lukewarm reaction to this movie. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't see anything new here. Nothing. <laughs> it's a basic, like, you 
nothing is surprising. You sort of (laughs) anticipate, which in some respects, he's not wrong. Like pretty much from the point that you, you figure out Chang-Chi's origin, you're like, okay, he's, he's obviously going to take the power of the rings somehow. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to acquire the rings somehow. And he's going to figure out, um, a better way to wield that power through the combination of his parents who are the, who were these two um like masters of their of their martial if you distill it craft. down enough every of course, every story of course is the right, same. That's right. The, yeah. and you're not wrong about that either and so as i sometimes do when i see a marvel movie or something i'll watch a screen crush video mm. which very popular youtube channel but they'll do breakdowns of all the things like for a trailer or whatever that that i didn't catch um and they have a couple of them and they talk about um the how do you describe this um the idea of uh light and dark in eastern um philosophy and mythology um and how central it is to this story. It's something that's a little bit foreign to us as Westerners um, because our, you know, uh, uh, like fundamental worldview or whatever of our philosophy is this Greek, it comes from, from ancient Greece of good and evil, Mm -hmm. right? There's these clear, like you balance between these two forces um, and they have implicit morality. Yeah. Where as I understand it, and I don't understand it very well, um in the east they have this this light and dark duality that is um it's centered around balance right right it's not you, one you, wins over the you other you can't have right. just life or just death you have to have both and that's where you get like the yin yang symbol yeah. which comes up in the movie um like when at the end when the dragon, the dragon flies it makes it makes the symbol yeah. and um the character of Shang-Chi is the embodiment of that um, combination, that balance of the two sides, because his father is this sort of dark warlike um, militaristic right. force. And his mother is this harmony with nature right. um, um, force. And when he brings those two together, he's able to do things with the rings that his father couldn't do. Right Now tell me where that's, duplicated in any mcu character. well right and that's right. that's why i i mentioned past because pat said that and then i'm like like was it different because he said that and i'm like no you're right i didn't like nothing really surprised me and i didn't see anything that it's i hadn't seen yeah. except for the fact that it's you know chinese characters in a chinese setting um kind of thing and then i watched the video and i was like oh of course there's there was all this stuff there and i wasn't probably as aware of it just because my my viewing experience was not i can feel through the internet fox dying to comment real quick what's happening yeah let me let me (laughs) jump in i'll tell you something i thought that was refreshing about this Mm. movie that i had not seen in marvel movies previously is that most of the protagonists that we've seen thus far are so loquacious they talk Mm. they are gregarious Mm. they are they they know exactly the right quip to throw back at yeah. someone else. Uh-huh. What I loved about Shang-Chi is that he's actually a very quiet, introspective protagonist. Yeah, yeah he's mm-hmm. funny, and he says a few things here or there, but I actually he's, liked that he was very contemplative. 
he's um, he's not he's not quite stoic. I think early right, no. when he's when he's introduced, he's very similar to um, his character in Kim's Convenience. Yeah, I felt like, like he's just yeah. as normal. And I appreciated the joke where he says he's not Korean. I had to get on IMDb because I was at a drive-in and nobody cares. Right. And I'm like, wait, I thought he but, was. Korean. But I like he's, <laughs> he's Chinese. He's I just playing Korean really in, uh, in Kim's. <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. I don't Fox. Know. There's something about it. I really appreciated about the idea that we have a hero who's a little bit more thoughtful. And mm. like doesn't have a like an instant response to everything. Like yeah. he doesn't have that many lines in the movie. There, but every time he True. talks, you are kind of interested in what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. He's not talking a mile a minute. It's not like he responds to everything he hears. And I really appreciated that from a person myself who I talk a lot, but I <laughs> very much respect those. Who like are a little bit more thoughtful for a little a little more efficient. Well, he, and, he had Aquafina to do. That. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. just gonna say. Like yeah. he, that's he has, fine, but he, he's but she, opposite and, and Aquafina, and, who can just talk to talk to yeah. to fill that. Yeah, right. Like Motorrap, but I actually really like this idea of a character who is like, no, I just want to think about this for a moment. Like, I mean, gonna even, be, right? Even a character who is a little I more, really like a little more thoughtful and introspective. Uh, like I'm comparing. Uh, the example I'm using is Doctor Strange compared to, you know, Peter Parker, obviously, mm-hmm. or um, Star Lord. Peter, you know, dance off, bro. You and me, just right. real like talk. Right? Or, Who needs a needs a quip or a response? Or, or retort, you know, obviously, always on it. You know, yeah. um, right. um Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. is yes. He, he's he's almost doing a riff track to his own movie, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. All, yes. all the time, right. where. Yeah, the the Shang Chi character is is very much not like that. Yeah, I I, and I like that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I, I wanted to say something I haven't heard or seen in a lot of the reviews that I really liked and appreciated. And this is kind of like stepping out, not necessarily crossing a line, but saying a line here is that I enjoyed that this was about basically second generation uh, Asian Americans or a second generation ethnic group. I think it's totally okay. fair. So, so it's not There's it's a reason. Not, yeah, it's yeah, it's not like. This isn't necessarily, I mean, it is, but it's, it's not necessarily about a Chinese movie or it's not an American movie or it's not a, um, a Scottish movie or any, you know, a different kind of, it's, it's this thing of these people who live two generations in a different country. They, they make it when they're sitting around Katie's family, she, the, the, um, the mom who was first gen, or like, but she's second generation, the mom is, right? Uh, first generation American because her grandma was from China. Um, the her mom is, is like, oh, that's an American concept of whatever you know right. you thought, and she's like, mom, you're American too. So it it shows that Katie is this full American with Chinese heritage, and this show is full of that Chinese heritage and respecting that, but being like in America, it's like an she's I their American. Fully people. Agree. I yeah. fully agree. I fully agree. It's about the and, and we don't talk about between... that I fully agree with you, Michael. I mean, I believe it's like, I love this idea. Like, we're going to educate people about Chinese fantasy and their fairy tales. The same way we yeah. know, you know, Cinderella and Snow White. Those, like, they integrated their culture and history into this in a way that I felt educated. I was like, oh, these are the, you know, fantastical ideas that the kids grew up with. And I get to learn and be a part of it. And I felt like a little kid myself. Yeah. watching yeah. these individuals learn their powers and interact with these fantastical beings. Well, and, a, a mistake we make is that we see someone of a different ethnicity than us and we 
align them to that that what they are like so if in this right. case we're gonna say chinese uh, someone i see my neighbor and they might be asian or of chinese or korean and i think oh that's their culture that's like they live over there they have a different way of doing things when really them and their parents and maybe their parents also grew up in america eating mcdonald's and having the same kind of high school experiences that i did all the way through um they're just like me the thing is that they have just what you said fox different stories they have different kind of they talked to grandma and grandma acted differently and right. said things differently. And they spoke a little things in their house. There are a couple little hints. They have like um, their day of the dead and their, yes. their sort of rituals yeah. around that, which is a little bit of foreshadowing for where the movie's going. But um, I loved when they get to, I'm not going to remember the name of the place, but they, they cross over through the, through the, um, the bamboo, Tala, the bamboo Tala, jungle. Yeah. And there are all of these creatures mm-hmm. that, Except for um, the little thing with no head and the wings that they find with Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Um, I had never seen before, but I see the like Marvin. horses and the lions mm-hmm. and eventually the dragon. And I'm like, yeah, this is all stuff I remember the, like, from foxes Eastern. Yeah, the, the nine-tailed, nine-tailed foxes. Yeah. Um, and that's all stuff that I recognize from Eastern uh, iconography. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a little more familiar with, with Japanese stuff than Chinese, but of course a lot of Japanese mythology comes from China anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the screen crush video, they, they talk about all of those, that those are all real. Even the thing with no head and the wings mm-hmm. are all straight out of their mythologies and, um, and stories. But, um, I think that's amazing. I think yeah, that's the, so. We, we miss so much. There are a lot of, of things in our own culture because we overlook those. Other yeah, cultures. there there are a lot of things that they're doing with this, you know, uh, first second uh, generation thing, um, and uh, you know, especially with the Shang Chi character as well, because um, he's sort of, you know, as I said before, he's he's bringing together these two sides from his parents. But he's also he and and Katie, the Aquafina character as well, are finding a balance between their their roots yeah. and their and their upbringing between East and West. Right. Um, it's also um, just talking about this makes me excited about it. Like, oh, right. It really does. Right. It's um, especially the Aquafina character act as an audience point of view, right? So that you have you have somebody who doesn't understand all this stuff who's asking the questions yeah, you know yeah. and and uh creating opportunities for exposition for us the viewers yeah and also setting up this um um this generational idea that really i think is going to um I don't know what phrase I want to use here, like come into play or be a major theme going into this. What is this phase four? Yeah. Right. Yes. As we're, as we're phasing out the original five Avengers and coming into new, whether they're, whether they're children or, you know, uh, apprentices, protégés, yeah. um, any of that kind of stuff. It's this sort of, you know, relay race passing the baton from yeah. one generation to the next. Yeah. Um, that is also there in this in this movie. Yeah, the, the, I, without without overtly connecting it to any of the rest of the MCU. Yeah. I, I liked I liked the uh, 
Well, you said the audience surrogate type thing. I, 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 again, I can't overestimate that. I can't speak to enough of that because I am a cis male in my 40s, and there has been so many movies in this Marvel thing that have all me as the main protagonist, and it's I, and I love it, and it's great, and it's comfortable, and this never made me feel uncomfortable or out of out of sync. I was uh, seeing through the eyes of Katie and Shang Chi that whole time. I was them. I got it. I was part of that thing. I didn't. I was learning more. I, I feel like it was a whole new amazing story with these headless little dogs and you know and like so cool and so interesting with a neat story but i identified with the two protagonists because they grew up in a culture that i understand and they're like me and they go to the bar and do karaoke and and just mess around at hotels as a valets right like they hotel california they live and sing hotel california like they they're just someone i very much identify with and because of that i get to appreciate this whole new cultural world and it felt very organic way it just sure, felt very sure. natural kind of way and that makes me like i got done with that story and i know people have told me like well now that we've got this origin story out of the way now we can do all these other things and i'm like yeah yeah i'm i'm ready i'm ready for some more shang chi already the last comment i would like to make is on the choreography i thought the fight sequences especially oh, yeah, sure. the non-cgi battles that we got louder in the movie were absolutely amazing. I mean, oh, yeah. um, Simi Liu, who is the lead of this film, was a stunt actor, like someone who engaged in fight sequences in other films. And I thought everything I saw looked really genuine, yeah. which I think is, is easy to not do um, in the CGI world. But every sure. time I got to watch the action, I was so impressed with the beautiful nature in which people danced around each other in those fight sequences. Did you guys 100%. notice or feel the same thing? Yes, but those CGI things were cool as heck, too. Though. Oh, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> taking away from that. But I, I still thought you, the martial you, arts... With, I'm with you. I'm the with martial you. arts yeah. were amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's where I'll, I'll have to, to seek this out or, or you know, watch it in a better uh, in a better viewing experience because our the picture quality where we were was not now, such that I could really appreciate. I didn't say that. up front that I I did see this in a theater proper, right? Like, so I saw I, I, the, the shortcomings that Dennis had. I this, this drive-in experience was your second showing. It was my second, second showing, but oddly enough, I ha I have to go watch it for a third time. Oh, it's gonna bit, twist my arm. <laughs> but um, the reason being is the first time I watched it, something was wrong with our theater sound. And it was not up loud. Oh, it was at like 40% of yeah. what a theater sound would be at. Sydney and I could whisper and hear each other very clearly. So hmm. it was it was like I knew the soundtrack is there. I can hear it. And the big thing, like the big scene happens when he's fighting the dragons and stuff. And I'm like, this is cool, but it's just not like pounding in my – what I want to hear yeah. from the sound. And then, when, of course, the second time was this, what Dennis said, in the drive-in with the – I was hearing a, a car stereo, you know, 20 feet away so i was like i really i really need to experience this in good picture and good sound and i'm not going to do that at home I, i'm going to want to i need to go back and watch this at a, at a proper way and, and enjoy it so i know we, we could go on about, about shang chi forever but it's th thumbs up for me in the post that i i really liked it i think it's the best i'll say it's the best since black panther Oh no! In in game, in game. I exclude in game and Infinity War from everything because yeah. you know they're just different beasts. Sure.
but best Marvel movie since since Black Panther, and Black Panther did so, so many of the similar things. Sure, sure. As far as cultural, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. So good, good on Marvel. Way, way to go. I Simu uh, uh, said. Uh, when I remember, who was it? The, the execs at Disney came out and said, "Well, we're going to have to see how this does, and we'll take the temperature of stuff." And and he came out and was like, "No, this is guys. This is going to be it. This is like days is so perfect." And he was right. I mean, he was right on that. Uh, the, so this this drive-in experience was, uh, as they often are, was a double feature. Yeah. And the second movie we watched was uh, much more conducive to this to this drive-in theater experience, yes. and that was uh, the Ryan Reynolds. Uh, comedy, yeah, uh, free certainly. guy, yeah, free guy. Uh, <laughs> you've seen this one, Fox. Obviously, you got a nice review on it up there. Uh, you did like it, yes? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it's been a long time since I've actually laughed out loud at a film, and this movie or show, as you would say, Michael, uh, <laughs> had the distinct quality of producing belly laughs from me. Yeah. several different turns. Adjective. Where yeah. I, Same. Adjective. <laughs> when, yeah, I just, yeah, I just, I thought it was funny. I thought it was original. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was um, just happy and fun, had good messages, mm-hmm. and, you know, used the people in the, in, in the concept of the movie to its fullest extent. What did you two think? Yeah, that was that was basically the same for me, and I had I had sort of forgotten. And now that I'm like running back, I almost struggle to even remember what what I saw. But I know that there were moments that I was I was laughing out loud. Yeah, yeah, I I, uh, I liked how you said that the happiness. Like I, I we've this this is the second time watch it. Sid and I want to watch it again. And, and this is by the way, this is one you can watch at home. I, I you it's great. I always love for the theater experience and i think everyone should go watch this in the theater it's right now it's only available in the theater but when you come back you can actually um watch this one at home and still have the enjoyment and the fun and and the the happiness because ryan reynolds smiles through the whole show and there's only one part where he kind of little bit gets down and uh that's barely he's only there for like a minute and then he comes back up to this, like, no, I'm going to be positive. And he brings positive to everybody else. And at the end, he even does, like, something that's very hard and sad, you might think, to the audience, in a happy, positive way to his to the girl interest he has in the show. And I'm like, this is such, such a good, positive thing. And then he goes right from that, what could be a heart-wrenching scene, to get back together with his buddy. And that's, like, a wonderful, happy scene again. And you just leave the show feeling like, oh, this was – I'm so happy I watched this show. Yeah. 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 It's – it's this kind of it's combination of uh, a little bit Ready Player One, mm-hmm, a sure. little bit Truman Show, a little bit a movie I think around the same time as Truman Show called Pleasantville. Mm, I don't yeah. know if you remember that yeah. with um Toby Maguire. Toby Maguire, and he he goes into the TV show um, where you're like everything's this way and nothing changes and. Um, the the premise of it is pretty dumb. You can figure yeah. out yeah. you can yeah. figure out what's going on pretty early as yeah. they start explaining stuff. You're like, oh okay, so that did this and that. Yeah. Okay, I've got it. And then um, Taika Waititi playing this like caricature of the rock star video game creator, right? Um, like uh, like what's his name's character on um, 
uh shoot what's it called mythic quest the oh, guy yeah. from from always sunny right, whose yeah. name i'm not gonna come up with but um yeah he's just so over the top right uh and and yeah and and ryan reynolds doing this just like he's just smiling all the time he's doing <laughs> he's doing a little bit of deadpool stuff but it's all oh i felt deadpool the whole time it's I all clean like, this is pg like, deadpool he's i think he he almost he swears and then he swears once and almost swears another time and otherwise it's you know just clean smiling deadpool yeah yeah well which does he write his own stuff? Fox, you know, is like, is he, is he yes. living in, he, in progress? Yes. Yeah. So he wrote uh, a significant portion of this film, and he actually said, it's funny you mentioned Deadpool, I got to interview him about this film at New York Comic Con two years ago, and he said, I'm not kidding, it's, it's the movie I felt most excited about since Deadpool because I thought mm. it had a lot of myself in it. And what I love about this mm. film is that it's accessible and it's entertaining to several different audiences. Like you could yeah. show this to your grandfather who's never played a video game and he would get it. Yeah, like he, would, sure. he would understand the concept of a game and you're in the game and you're, you're a player within that universe. Or you could be someone who watched and played video games. Or when I say watch, like watch streamers who play yeah. video mm-hmm. games professionally and you would get all the Easter eggs and it's still accessible and entertaining. And it feels realistic to yeah. those individuals as well. I love this movie because it made me <laughs> laugh and made me smile yeah. the entire way through. And I give Ryan Reynolds the majority of that credit. I believe that he yeah. loved this idea and he put his stamp on it um, in a way that we just don't have these kind of comedies anymore. Yeah, he's, Michael, he's, he, he's doing so much, right? Like he does yes. this, and he does Deadpool, and he's just right now he is the thing, right? He's one like, of the best entertainers on the planet. He yeah, really he, is. He like is. he understands what us geeks love, but he also understands like family friendly entertainment. And this is something you could watch with almost any. It's rated PG thirteen, but oh my gosh, it's so easy to get into this, no matter what your age is. Yeah. I like that you brought the Always Sunny guy, which I can't think of his name right now. It's driving crazy, but he's um, he's on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and he plays Mac. Um, he is – him and Ryan Reynolds are comedian kind of type of the same type, and they just bought a soccer team over in, in uh, England. So they own a football team. I call it soccer, but it was a football team. And they do like – um tiktoks and such and it's just it's just a riot they're the same it's like watching the guy from mythic quest obviously do free guy guy and it's blue shirt guy it's they're right it's right it's so hilarious but anyway wrapping up the free guy thing it was good and then the third act just like amplifies it with the perfect jokes and the perfect stuff and we've been kind of spoiler free here so i'll keep it spoiler free but you all know who watched it. There's one scene that happens near the end there that uh, If you're a plays. geek and you don't hear yourself laughing, like there's something yes. wrong with your bladder. Yes. Like that's yeah. basically how I feel. If you don't, if you don't lose, if you don't bust a gut with what they get to do, which we, so I will say, <laughs> yeah. I will say this. So I remember right after the 20th Century Fox Disney acquisition, Ryan Reynolds went to talk to all mm-hmm. those people. Yeah. And we all thought it was about Deadpool. 
it wasn't, and that's the best thing guy. I can say. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's about and this it, film. And when that happens, the third act becomes like, I love everything about this movie. Oh, uh, you know? it's, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, wow, that was Free Guy and Shang-Chi in one weekend. That was a lot. We Let's, let's move that's over. That's a good weekend. That's a good weekend. I, you know, we're not done yet because we've got uh, more that we did this weekend was um, – uh, we watched Clerks for our show, and then we decided, uh, Dennis and I decided to just keep on going and went straight up and watched Mallrats after that. So let's talk about our, our week movie. All right, so first we watched uh, Clerks, 1994, Kevin Smith. His first one, right? Right? Is Clerks his first one? Fox, Fox, maybe? No. Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. He dropped out of uh, film school at Vancouver uh, and came back to uh, – he sold his comic book collection to help finance a $25,000 film. 3000 of that money uh, came from his parents, but the majority of it came from maxing out credit cards, selling comic mm. books, and, yes, you get clerks as the result. Yeah, and and then – We'll kind of talk this, about this with Maurits because that's his like third outing, second or third outing as well, I think. So his second, second one, right? Uh, so the next year. Had you seen this later. before, Dennis? I can't remember. Yeah, I I mentioned this last week. I've seen not all of Kevin Smith's movies, but yeah. most all of the you know I've seen Clerks, Clerks Two, Mallrats, Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Uh, Chasing Amy. Mm. There might be one more in there, but like yeah. that's the the glory. And you start. With, you told me the other day you started with Jan Sign Bob. Sorry, yeah, un- the unknowingly <laughs> the uh, the theater where I went to college at Free Movie Night, and they only had two screens, and so I went to see almost every movie unless I knew that it was like Princess Diaries or something that I <laughs> was not interested in. That's what we're watching next week, though. <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah, we're just like, well, whatever this is. And we're like, who are these guys? And what are they? This movie is just nonsense. Right. If you don't, you know, know who these characters are. And not that there's a lot of depth to the Jay and Silent Bob characters, but. Right. Um, well, yeah. I, something I liked about this uh, is I never noticed. I'm going to talk about things because I've seen this a couple of times. Something I never noticed until this, this viewing right. was uh, Kevin Smith. Not not as J- Silent Bob, but I noticed when they'd have the long dialogues that they would the camera would switch to looking at something that was off screen, and that they would that dialogue would still be happening that that conversation that they're just going on and on about this topic, and then they're they're showing Jay dance, like that's all the, the camera just focuses on their shoes, you right. know, or something like that while they're having this conversation. Like this would be a boring thing if they just kept the camera fixed on these two talking forever, right? But he really, every time we would go, he just and they pan to a weird, like a lady sit picking her it a bag or something. Me, that stuff reminded me of Superstore, and Fox. I don't know if you've seen that. And Superstore uses it as um, uh, liner shots, like between between scenes. They'll do this, like, oh, here's a here's a mother, and she's you know putting her kid in different car seats to see which one, or here's a, an unattended child, like eating cereal off the floor of a grocery store or, or whatever, where, yeah, you're right. In, in clerks, it's not, um, they're not used that way, but it's just some random thing that could, and I think a couple times he does like in the setup with the, 
the little girl and the cigarettes. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> the little um, girl that's smoking cigarette. Um, it is sometimes like they're talking, and then the camera cuts away to like, here's the cat, and it's doing this thing, and yeah, the, the, the main two it, guys yeah. are talking, but there's this cat thing happening. It's sort of, it reminds me of the, um, the Aaron Sorkin hallway walk, where he's using like the motion of the actors through these scenes and characters, you know, slide in and out of the conversation as it goes to like keep what would be fairly boring uh, dialogue and exposition yeah. interesting to the viewer because of all this visual um, uh, a sort of energy going on where this is something else. It's like they're talking, but there's this other stuff happening over here and you're not, you're not too concerned about it, but it keeps it from being, you know, like a, um, just like a play where you're just focused right. on these characters, or you're doing the the traditional over the shoulder, like back and forth, um, camera work, which maybe right, maybe was a thing that he didn't, Kevin Smith didn't have the budget to do, a lot of <laughs> uh, extra extra cameras going uh, to to uh, to get those effects. Yeah. It- he it was good that that helped break that whole show up you know throughout the thing it would it would be a kind of um not boring but almost boring you know slice of life day in the life kind of story without some of this just kind of random stuff going on all the time yeah uh when's the last time you saw this one fox was it, did you did, I, don't, I don't assume you watched it this week did, but did you have you seen? Have you listened to the lines and the diatribes? Oh, like that? yeah. I mean, I've I've seen this movie within the last oh, three years, and I've probably seen the film beginning to end at least fifteen times. Yeah, um, right. I mean, it's, it's easy. It's, it's easy to watch, right? It's easy to watch. It's it's one of those films that when you meet someone who's not seen it, it's a great thing to show to them to explain to that individual what you appreciate about film because what i love about this particular film is the reliance on character development and dialogue i Mm. like that you know kevin smith basically says i'm putting all my chips on the fact that you're going to enjoy the interactions and the chemistry between these essentially four you could argue six characters um and that's that's something i love the ballsiness of it um Hmm. And how, you know, at the time, what Kevin Smith was lauded for was writing people who sounded as if you could relate to those individuals. So that's what he was known for when he first started. Is like people saw Clerks and they said, yeah, I talk like that. Yeah, I have those conversations about yeah. Star Wars. I mean, let's be honest. The front porch is kind of built on that idea, right? right. Mm-hmm. You sure. all sit and talk about some geeky property and debate its merits and get mm-hmm. into the nuance and the details. And that's what right. he was trying to do with his film. So I give him a lot of credit for doing that in this particular and movie. Successfully. Yeah, successfully. Yes. Did it. Yeah. yeah. I, because that, that sort of thing is, if not timeless, has more staying power than the specific of the specifics of what's going on in this movie. There are so many things in this movie that are, you know, to a 20 year old going to have to be explained to them. Yeah. Like, why is it funny that the employee phone is a payphone? And you're going to say that. <laughs> also, what's a payphone? What's a payphone? Right, what yeah. is this store with videos? Like, yeah. 
what what's what's why is the video a physical object I, I and really why are they behind that, this that, yeah uh behind this stage like you know uh newspapers and newspaper they go and get the newspapers yeah and uh i forgot i didn't even realize that that this is probably difficult for somebody who's 20 years old to understand and may, maybe even i mean i guess the way that people buy cigarettes isn't that much different now than mm-hmm. right than that but um yeah i mean price is something yeah and, i i uh but the characters like their their interactions and their uh um, conflicts and all that are a little more transcendent totally even like the fact that dante a lot, a lot more doesn't want to grow up yeah that's one of those those kind of central things that they do i i do only have one kind of retort to what fox said was that like i know you said that you want to show if someone hasn't seen this you want to tell them to watch this for this reasons but it definitely has an audience that you can't show it to like right they have oh. they hit risque things every beat oh like yeah, yeah no you're telling me this is not the, the family film we talk about with shang chi or your no, no, free no, no, guy no. right right so you can only show somebody it's almost like oh you've turned 17 and now i'm going to mm-hmm. allow you to watch this film <laughs> there is yeah. a lot of scenes and it's it's only language. It's there's no nudity or violence, right. but the language is very much trying yep. to push mm-hmm. the limits of your comfort zone. Well, these mm-hmm. these are 22 year olds. Yes, okay. they are, yeah, yeah. and 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 uh, several of them are like high school dropouts. Most of them all are. That I'm not oh, disparaging any high school dropouts, but they're like they're not on any. They don't have a 22 years old. These people our high school dropouts and the fact that they don't have any ambition to go anywhere. Like they, they, they dropped out of school. They don't go to college. They don't want it. They don't have a career. They don't have a thing. And they're just meandering. And I think, um, I can't remember what's the other guy's name, not John Tay, but the other guy, he, he talks about Randall that. Randall. When they get in a fight, he gets angry that, that, you know, they sit there and think that they're better than everybody else when they're not doing anything. Um, right. which is, which is, uh, I think that's core to what Kevin Smith has said in interviews too, about talking about these two characters and who they are. And then mm-hmm. there's clerks two, which goes on a little bit further. And now we're going to get clerks three pretty soon. And Kevin Smith has said things like, you know, it's interesting to find out where are these, have these people from clerks one had, had moved on? Have they, have they, be, did they get ambition? Did they, did they grow through that? Did they, are they still in the store doing nothing? And then you've got a whole life saying that clerks one, nothing got better or did it. So we'll know when clerks three is what he's, he's going to tell us that story, you know, which is, that's going to be pretty interesting. Well, so moving on to mall rats though. So this one's in color, not black and white. I'm assuming it's got a budget. It's got Ben Affleck in it. Evidently he met his buddy, Ben Affleck, which who, who wears a massive suit. Much too, but he borrowed a suit from John Goodman to be did, in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> he did. It's insane how big that suit is. Uh, uh, again, this is more high school humor instead of even you know college humor. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the the protagonists are like graduating high school. They look like they're thirty two. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's about you know one one you know uh, love struck comic book nerd, or I should say two of them you know wanting to propose or you know get serious with their high school girlfriends um, right. and things go awry. And so the two, two buddies are trying to woo back these beautiful women who are way out of their league, way out of their um, league right. because of how you know, ridiculous they are and how preoccupied they are with other things in their lives. This, this show 
sits on its the same thing that clerks it to the dialogue it it's it makes not a lot of sense at all the storyline no. is not good it, it when it ends and there's a happy ending the happy ending comes out of nowhere for no reason and you're like this weird this weird game show thing with um you know michael rooker uh right the 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 you know fully implausible stunts that uh that silent bob is supposed to be doing did he take a pliers to wires or something like that well it's it's the force dennis i mean i don't know how how the force works i I don't mean that i get that part but like him swinging (laughs) and always i love that you get that like like that's that's fine he used the force as uh that's okay willem the 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 other the the supporting character from my name is earl who's not jason lee um, to play, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. leans on the scaffolding and he happens to catch it and I'm like okay that's fine but th- he like <laughs> swings and th- he jumps off the thing with a rope that's very slack and doesn't <laughs> you know fall or, or become Sneaky gravely snack. injured or but become always paralyzed yeah. Yep, yeah. swings and busts his head into whatever changing room uh, Joey Lauren Adams happens to be in <laughs> right. um, so that we can have yeah, another I mean, you know, gratuitous you know. uh, 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 scene there um and yeah, there's this one has n- maybe not as much of the um, you know dated cultural setting, except that I think malls are on their way out, yeah. and <laughs> this is this is the '90s, so they're already a little past their prime. Like you can see, they're walking through the mall, and I'm like, boy, everything in small looks terrible. It's not the <laughs> it's not the glamorous like neon '80s mall from from Stranger Things or a little bit from Wonder Woman 84. It's this like, it's a lot of like pastels and people in, in the gap, like yeah. tans and beiges and pastels. Hey, khaki was a thing. It was a thing. Dan Kha- was in the studio. Kha- khaki was a thing. Yeah. And I think the only other, well, the commented on the cars. cars it's it's yeah. the same thing in Clark's I'm like. Boy, in the 90s, I feel like there was more variety in cars oh, than there cars. is now. Because you had still on the road cars from the 70s. And our cars have not changed a lot since the 90s. Whatever. Right. That's the thing. And the fact that um, Kevin Smith's Silent Bob character is smoking in the mall. In the mall. Uh, throughout yeah. the movie. Mm. And I'm like, was it? could you smoke in the mall still right. in 95? I, I, I did like how they almost called out all the places in the mall. They had the cookie shop they had to go to. They had the food court they talk about. They had the, the, the pet store that was in the mall. Like they, they hit kind the of all the... food court is downstairs. We're not talking, you know... We're the, not talking... The, the cookie shop isn't part of the food court. Food that's court, an, yeah. That's it, an it, interesting... Food court adjacent is what it is. Yeah, yeah. those two characters are... Um, the Quince and, and Brody are very... Maybe not very different. Like they're still talking and arguing the way that um, Dante and Randall, Dante and Randall are in Clerks. Except it's it's more so. It's like they're almost their whole persona is around these um, these. I don't even want to say geeky or nerdy, but it's like um, being an authority, being an expert on something. Yeah, and maybe that there there is a a big part of that in the in the geek. Um, aesthetic but yeah i mean jason lee's brody character is just obsessed with the mall right um for and comics and sega reasons unknown just is an expert on all the little uh you know corners and 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 things and that's 
I don't know, maybe that was a thing that happened a lot in those decades for people who had, uh, you know, not ideal home situations. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where they just hung out at the mall all the time. I was not one of those kids, so yeah. that, that's not super relatable for me. But just <laughs> the idea of being an expert on something that the people around you have maybe just a passing interest in right. or, well, or the, whatever. The, this one, the, as I said with the last one, things that I noticed this time that I hadn't watched and something that paid, the, the one thing that I noticed here on this one uh, that made me go, oh, yeah, perspective, was um, when I saw this, and anyone who's under 23 probably doesn't understand this, is that, like, there's so many comic book references he throws out left and right. He's talking about Wolverine. He's an X-Men. He's got, he's got you know, uh, Posterker. He's got Berserker. Like, everything they say is, is, is a comic book reference. And there's the biggest, longest Marvel uh, guest star of Stan Lee in this show, and he has long-talking things more than any appearance he has in any of the Marvel stuff. And uh, he... This was when comics w- was not a big thing to talk no, about right. at all. So this show had a lot of heavy comic because Kevin Smith liked comic books so much. And then, um, so being a comic book person before watching this, I loved it. It was such a big, huge, like, oh, he's Batman. He's got the Batman cape on. He's wearing the Batman thing. He's got a Batman belt with the thing. Like, I got all that as inside joke type things or inside information, insider baseball. But now you watch it, you're like, oh, it's just, you know, superheroes. Everybody he's, likes superheroes. He's, got a, he's got a grapple gun on his belt. Yeah, when, I mean... When does this fall? You guys probably know this. Uh, I mean, you definitely know more than I do, but um, when does this fall on the timeline of when Marvel had to start selling their IPs to stay afloat? Ooh. Yeah, uh, there, it's it is, way before that. Okay. But they weren't what, doing well. I yeah, mean, they weren't doing well here. Yeah. Yeah, so if I may, Michael, I mean... The Stan Lee cameo comes about because um, Kevin had written a character who was supposed to be like Stan Lee, and the producer was saying, oh, well, who do you have in mind for this role? He's like, well, I'm trying to get, like, a Stan Lee-type character. And the producer happened to be friends with Stan Lee. He's like, well, why don't I just call Stan Lee? He's like, you can do that? (laughs) You can just call him? And, you know, Kevin, you know, know, got a hard-on and was so excited, and then it actually... (laughs) End up working out, and we should note that in the MCU today, this is referenced in the movie Captain Marvel. When Captain Marvel gets on the train, mm-hmm. she runs into Stan Lee in the '90s rehearsing for Mallrats. He's reading yeah, right. the script for Mallrats, so it is kind of cute that Stan Lee, you know, had this sort of cyclical idea um, of him being in movies, and Kevin Smith sure. got to, yeah. you know. Put his stamp on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But to your point, like, oh my gosh, Kevin Smith was way ahead of his time. So the history of this movie that I think is important to note is that this was debuted at Comic-Con. And everyone went ape shit for it. Sorry for cursing. And people thought, this could be a huge movie. Oh my gosh, everyone at Comic-Con loved it. It comes out, flops. Like, really hits the ground. Like, nobody goes and sees it because... We don't live in the same era we live in today, where people appreciate those references. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, it, it. I got them, and I was part of the, I was part of that, not part of that crowd, but that people of Comic Con, like where I would have gotten it. My friends got it. We. That's why we love this thing. You would have gone and seen the, it. You would have gotten a yes. ticket for one dollar, and you know, right. it's it's why it's why this was a niche 
movie for so long because people got all those references. Now, if if someone went and watched it that was 24 years old, they would easily get those. That you know, Wolvie Berserker Barrage is not a like a secret inside baseball thing. Everybody knows he's got claws. Pops his claws. Everybody knows who the X Men are. They know, you know, these. these when when Stanley talks about you know the Vulture or Spider Man, you know, Amazing Spider Man. Like, yeah, okay, we know Spider Man. We know Peter Parker. It's, yeah, it's, it's just not, it's as, it's not as amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's right. it's not as amazing as it once was with that. Sure, so, sure. Anyway, I, I liked it, but it it also you know lives on and breathes and dies on its dialogue without the, the witty banter that he had written to this one. Uh, the movie's not great, um, but those actors and that dialogue made it great, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we are not going to do a movie next week. I don't think so. I mean, we're going to be at Gen Con. Yeah, it's going to be I, a tough one. I don't, I don't know. It'd you be know. pretty hard to. Yeah, so we're we're gonna get that into the schedule. Do the first time we skipped in a while, but we'll we'll skip one this week and we'll come back up. And I think it's your turn when we come back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But ne- next week we'll have a, a our our normal or our annual Gen Con review wrap up type discussion, and then we'll set up movie. I then. did have one other, not 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 particular to either of the Kevin Smith movies that we've watched, but I wanted to to say something about the character of Silent Bob. Yeah. yeah. So I saw these movies when they were old, but obviously not as old as they are now, probably in my early twenties. Um, and I was enamored with the idea. I mean, similar to what Fox said about, about, um, Shang-Chi, this idea of a person or a character who, um, is very efficient with their words. Um, I Mm -hmm. felt, I, Felt and still feel this way a little bit about um, Abraham Lincoln, which is a weird pull in the middle of this weird <laughs> movie comic book conversation. But, um, you know, you read stuff like the Gettysburg Address and you're like, wow, it's so like packed, like every word cho- chosen with precision. Right. Um, and, you know, that was something that appealed to me and still does. Right. If you've been listening to the show for a long time and heard the things that I've talked about, um, uh, Patrick Roth's Name of the Wind uh, um, series, or um, we talked about Violet Evergarden mm-hmm. and the the challenges of communication and all of those things. Um, and so when I watch this character who'd say nothing the whole movie and then in Clerks give the line about, you know, a lot of girls, a lot of girls out there, but they won't bring you food at work. They're just going to cheat on you. Right. Right. I'm butchering the quote, but and I mean, I wasn't trying to directly <laughs> right. quote it, but and in Mallrats, it's not quite as profound. Like he's just a right. Jedi, which seems run of the mill now, but at the time was probably a little more. He, he's uh, referencing a, a movie that a Star liked. Wars. He said Star the thing. thing. He said the thing, and it's before you know. We're still a couple years before. Um, we're many Phantom years Menace before Netflix when, or uh, yeah. when when this movie came out. We're still renting video VHSs. So. Right, VHS, and. When I watched it now, like I still appreciate that, but I've had, you know, almost 20 years to kind of contemplate that idea and, and think about it more going into rewatching these movies. And I'm watching it and I'm like, this guy wrote this character for himself. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, like, John Bob, yeah. it's not just, I mean, that's true. Obviously, yeah. that's true because Kevin Smith is playing uh, Silent Bob. Um, but I'm like, yeah, it's like um, 
um, our buddy Chris says this about uh, uh, the Orville. Mm. Now Seth MacFarlane wrote himself as the lead. Yeah. And that kind of annoys him. And I'm like, wouldn't you do that? Like, if you were making your own sort of homage Star Trek, wouldn't you want to make yourself the captain? You, you put whoever, whatever role you want, right? right. Like your favorite kind of role. And maybe you like being a Vulcan. You'd write yourself as a Vulcan, right? Yeah. So I don't, only, I don't know if Fox has a thought on this. Son. Yeah. I do. I mean, the only thing I'll say is that, according to Kevin Smith, when he wrote Clerks, he was supposed to be Randall. Like he okay. thought he oh, could really? play that oh, role, but okay. he, so that, that's why that's Randall. In his, in, okay, in his friend group, you think that's him? Like that's the kind of character he, he thought is? he. That's why Randall has in his brain the best lines, like the funniest retorts and the best quips. But he didn't think he was good enough an actor to play Randall, and so he no. passed up to someone else. So, so, so you know, Silent Bob was not written for himself, but then he embraced that and uh, occasionally eventually thought it was kind of funny for him to play a character who just said nothing. However, he as a person needs to talk all the time. All the time. And oh, that's, okay. that's the shtick. He Got didn't it. intend it to be that way. He wanted to play Randall, but was a little afraid as an actor to play that role. Mm-hmm. I was wondering what, what kind of person he really was, if he was a silent Bob character in his friend's report. I mean, I've not no, seen a lot of interviews with loquacious. things. But it's, he's yeah. got an excellent yeah. vocabulary. We came to IU and just talked. Like, he, he had a talk where he just talked. Mm-hmm. So I can see that. I can see him being that kind of person. Well, I'd also wonder, Jason Mewes, what's he like? Like, is this – because. I don't know anyone could have ever done any of Jason, like Jay's lines or mannerism. It's either fantastic acting or the guy is just a freaky weird guy in real life, and that's just who he is on the show. Do you have you met Jason Muse, Fox? Yeah, I have met Jason Muse. Um, he is <laughs> he is um he will f- uh what what can I use? <laughs> Choosing I, I words. Have, uh, he will um. Do his best to mate with any inordinate object you can find. Like he will <laughs> okay. just. But he basically is Jay then, right? Yeah, he is Jay in real life. Like he okay. is, but he also loves every person he meets. He is very loving. However, he wants to make you laugh. He reminds me a mm-hmm. lot of Robin Williams. Yeah, um, okay. I don't know if he has the range of Robin Williams, but like someone who is like could take an object that's in the room and make it funny. Because he has some way of interacting with it that will, you know, mm. get you a belly laugh. So, so that that's that feels like the honesty of this this show of Clerks is that like he just yeah. had a, he had a guy that's amazing and interesting and does his kind of thing and he's like we got to put that that in the show because that's Jay, exactly what happened. He doesn't have really much lines, right? He's just the the stoner kid on the side of the. Thing. Yeah, and he has, fact, he has think, lines. He's just rarely saying anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so so I'll, I'll I'll relay a story that I this is not my story. I didn't hear it directly from Kevin, but when they were doing the um, casting, Jason Muse came in, and what he decided to do in an arcade—that's what they were. They were in like a video arcade mm-hmm. to do like the initial meetings with the cast. Jason Muse went up to everything in the room and humped it as hard as he could. <laughs> Just started humping like arcade machines, benches, food dis- you know, dispensaries. And he got up to one of the arcade machines that only had a joystick. And 
Jason Music looked at it and he caressed it and then started going down on the joystick. And that is what Kevin Smith said knew. He knew at that moment this is the guy he wanted to get in bed with the rest of his particular uh, filmmaking career. So. Film yeah. career. Oh. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, there's no, nobody else does those. Nobody does exactly what Jason Muse does. So. Never does. W- w- even when he's doing the like, okay, okay, Muse, here you go. Re- recite the plan because it's going to be on a mic. They're going to be on a mic in a sound booth. Now say the plan for the attacking the force. Like all the things he says, there's no way that was written down. You know, no, when he comes like, no. you know, he's right. going to clock him like a coal clock and whatever, you know, he, he's, he's the bat, uh, lunchbox is going to come flying through the air. He's describing him like, that was clearly just like barely an outline of words. And he just said it all the way through. Yeah. Right. Movie Berserker Barrage, Snickety Snick. Yeah. Snickety Snick. So good. All right, man. I think we did it. We saved all the lives this week. And now we're going to move on to, to uh, Gen Con this week. All three of us will be there. Fox is going to be uh, roaming the, the, the in-person. If you guys get over there, you can see the, the world-famous uh, Doc Fox in a box roaming around on the, on the floor. You can get pictures with him. He's going to be talking to <laughs> several studio executives, you know, making behind – the, the scenes deals you even talking about right now. <laughs> so so you guys can come you know see him on the floor and get pictures and autographs with him are you signing autographs at any point there fox yeah i have my own sharpie line it's all pink what we need to do is we need to get we need to get a geek scholar uh, uh booth live recording there some sometime that would be pretty awesome we get chris and and jill to over there i think that's a, a grand plan We'll get we'll get uh, your buddy uh, uh, Malcolm Reynolds to come over there, and hang out mm. with you on there. But no, seriously though, I, uh, we're all gonna we'll all be at Gen Con around. So if you guys happen to see us or anything, you know, you just say hey and yeah. uh, and have uh, Fox sign your shirt. It'd be great. Gosh. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have. I have nothing. I have nothing <laughs> to know. respond to that. Um, yeah, we're gonna be we're taking a break from the movies because we're gonna be you know, hanging out and playing games, hopefully uh, hear about some new board games, which is not a thing that we've talked about for a while. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of uh, uh, board game tables games over the last uh, six months to a year. Cause yeah. it's been a weird last year and a half, two years. We spent so much time on board game arena for online digital versions of board games. That's true. To get back into like a large scale new games is going to be fun for me yeah, I think. yeah it'll be weird and and different and new and yeah and then you get and there's a there's a like a house or a hotel that we're all and like a house where it's a big like hotel house and i think yeah yeah so we're, we're all gonna come back over there and play games again and that'd be fun we'll have a lot to talk about yeah yeah cool all right you've been listening to the front porches episode 212 212 uh, Fox, you want to tell us about your uh, projects where people can find you and your work? Sure. So you can listen to the Geek Scholars Movie News podcast. You can find it anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. You can also find my reviews of gaming um, sundries, whether it be tabletop games or digital games, uh, as well as movie reviews on LRM Online. Great. Um, if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for things that we should watch or maybe even play and discuss, uh, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. 
or you can head to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. There are contact forms there and uh, comment boxes on every episode. If you hear us say something wrong, I'm sure <laughs> there's at least one mistake a week, most from, from me. Uh, you can do that. I don't know if I said the address, uh, frontporchpodcast.com. Uh, if you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a review, that always helps us out. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. And I'm Fox. Thanks so much for listening to The Front Porch. See you all next time. No, you said my line again. <laughs> I you said, said your you line. You said goodnight, everybody. Night, everybody. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>